Welcome to Torah Mecha Parsha with the OU Women's Initiative. Today we are studying Parsha Bo. As we are journeying on through Sefer Shemot, we are continuing on this exploration of how the relationships between people, groups, and ideas within this Sefer lead us to a greater understanding of the messages within the Sefer. And today we are shifting away from two interpersonal relationships that we looked at in the past two Parshio, and we are moving towards more of a larger scale global relationship, and that is a relationship between two ideas. In Parsha Bo, we are commanded about the holiday of Pesach, which will be the holiday that will commemorate the miracles happening over the past few Parshio, the holiday that will commemorate the exodus from Egypt. And these mitzvot specifically are the mitzvah to abstain from eating chametz and the mitzvah to eat matzah. In Shemot Parak Bet chapter 12, it introduces us to these mitzvot, where it says, This day should be for you as a remembrance. You should celebrate it as a holiday to God. For the generations. You should celebrate it as a holiday for generations. Shiv'at yamim matzot tochelu. For seven days you should eat matzah. Ach biyom harishon tashpitu tseor mibatechem. For seven days you should eat matzah. And on the first day you should destroy any leaven from your household. Ki kol ochel chamitz v'nechrata anevesh ha'hu miyisrael. Anyone who eats chamitz, anything that is leavened, you should receive the punishment of curry, which is either excommunication or some sort of being cut off from the Jewish people. From the first day until the seventh day. On the first day, it should be a holiday. On the seventh day, it should be a holiday. You should not do any work. Only what you need in order to eat for those days. That alone you can do on those days. Ushmartem et hamatzo, you should watch the matzo. Ki be'etzem hayom hazeh, hutsiti et zivotichem me'er tutayim. In the middle of that day, I took you out of the land of Egypt. Ushmartem oto hayom hazeh, l'dorotichem. In that day, you should observe for generations. Chukat olam. Birishon ba'arba asar yom lachodesh, on the first day, which is the 14th day of the month, be'erev tochlu matzot. On that night, you should eat matzot. Al yom ha'echad ve'esrim lachodesh ba'erev. For the next seven days, you should not find any leaven products in your home. Anyone who eats anything that has become chametz, anything that has leavened, they should be cut off from the nation of Israel. Anyone who is a convert or anyone who is a natural born citizen is held to the same rules. Any chametz, any leaven product you may not eat. In all of your camps, you should eat matzo. So this paragraph introduces us to two distinct mitzvot. One is that you may not eat chametz, you may not eat any leavened products, and the other is that you must eat matzah. So my question is going to be, what is the relationship between these two ideas? Even within this one paragraph, it seems to be vacillating back and forth constantly. We don't hear about one of these mitzvot without the other mitzvah. There seems to be some sort of interdependence between the two. As we see even quite clearly in the final Pasuk that we read, 
In all of your camps, you should eat matzo. It seems to not mention one without mentioning the other. So therefore, I want to try to understand what is the relationship between these two? Are they in fact connected to one another? Does one per perhaps rely on the other? Or are they just two distinct mitzvot that happen to be focused on a similar idea, a similar time frame, and therefore are brought up in connection with one another? To understand this, I think we must try to understand which one is the essential mitzvah. Is the core to not eat chamit or is the core to not eat matzah? Or are they both equally important? Rashi presents us with one approach. Rashi says, Shivat yamim matzot Rashi says, here it says you should eat matzah for seven days. Somewhere else it says for six, for six days you should eat matzah. That's what it says in Sefer Devarim. So what do we learn from this discrepancy that in one place it says we sh here in Sefer Shemot it says we should eat matzah for seven days and in Sefer Devarim it says we should eat it for six days. We learn that besides for the first day of Pesach the mitzvah of matzah is not a commandment rather it is a reshut. It is something that you are allowed to do not commanded to do. Rather the integral part of the entire holiday of Pesach is that you should not eat and Rashi goes on to explain how we distinguish which parts of Pesach it is a reshut, you have permission to eat matzah, and which parts it is a chova, a commandment. But he concludes that only on the first night of Pesach is there actually a commandment to eat matzah. So based on this statement, we could possibly conclude that the ikar, the core essential mitzvah of the holiday of Pesach, is to not eat chamitz because that is the one that falls on the entire holiday. And the commandment to eat matzah only falls on one night. Therefore, it seems like it would be less important. To bolster this opinion would be the fact that if we do not if we eat chametz on Pesach, we receive karit. Karit is the ultimate punishment in Judaism. Therefore, that would definitely give substantial backing to say that the ikar, that the core mitzvah for Pesach is to not eat chametz. However, we know that Pesach is the Chag HaMatzot. This is called the holiday of Matzot. How could it be that we would possibly even imply that matzah is not so integral to the holiday? And the Gemara Masechah Psachim gives us a slightly different approach. It gives us a different, different way for us to try to understand the relationship between the chametz and the matzah. It may rise upon your thoughts to say, because it says in the Pasuk, you might think to say, Lo chamit, that you may not eat chamit, matzo, that for seven days you should eat matzah, and therefore you should not eat chamit. You may come to think, Kol echol matzah, that anyone who is obligated to eat matzah, chamit, is also required in not eating chamit. But then the question could be raised and you could say, then how are women obligated in not eating chametz? We know that women are not allowed to eat chametz, but how could that be if it's reliant on the mitzvah to eat matzah? And matzah is a mitzvah, mitzvah is a time-bound mitzvah that women are not typically obligated in. How could it be that they are then obligated in chamit because of their obligation in matzah? 
So rather, it must be the opposite. The hashda um, So rather it must be the opposite that we learn from whoever is obligated to not eat chamit that they are also obligated to eat matzah. We know from the Torah that women are obligated to eat matzah. Anyone who is not obligated to eat chamit, who is not allowed to eat chamit, is also obligated to eat matzah. So anyone who cannot eat chametz is now obligated to eat matzah. So we see that the Gemara Psachim is laying out a clear connection, that it is because one is not allowed to eat chametz that one is therefore obligated to eat matzah. But what is the significance of the connection between these two? We see that they are related to each other. One who cannot eat chametz is obligated to eat matzah. They are reliant on one another, but what is the significance of that? And to answer that question, we have to try to understand what is matzah. What is the importance of matzah? Why are we eating matzah to begin with? In Sefer Devarim, it says, in Sefer Devarim, when we are being told over all of the stories that happen to us throughout the Torah, so often we receive greater insight into the stories as we are looking in retrospect at what happens. And it says in Sefer Devarim, for seven days you should eat matzah, lechem oni, it calls, us the bre- it calls it the bread of affliction, ki bechipazon yetzata me'eretz mitzrayim, because we left in such haste from Eretz Mitzrayim. Lamant hiskor at yom tzitzcha me'eretz mitzrayim kol yimei chayacha. So that you should remember the day that you left Egypt all the day of your life. But this seems to be contradictory. Is it lechem oni? Is it the bread that we that we ate while we were in Mitzrayim, while we were in servitude? Or is it the we are we eating it to remember ki bechipazon yetzata? Are we using it to remember the gullus, the Shiabud, the slavery in Egypt, or are we using it to remember the exodus from Egypt? Rashi comments here and says, Lechem oni, lechem shemazkir etauni Rashi focuses on the oni, that this is the bread that reminds us of our affliction in Egypt. However, Rashi also comments, says, Ki bechipazon yatata. Rashi also brings up and says, no, but it is also the bread that reminds us of how quickly you had to leave. But he says it's not how quickly the Jewish people left. It was still reminding us of the Shiabud, of the slavery, because it is reminding us of how quickly the Mitzrim came and chased after us. Therefore, Rashi is very much focusing on the fact that this is the bread that reminds us of our affliction. However, the Abarbanel has a fascinating approach here in a very long piece on Shemot Parak Bet Pasuk Tetvav that I believe will answer our overarching question of what is this connection between the Isser, the prohibition of eating chametz and the obligation to eat matzah. And the Abarbanel tells us that in order to properly understand the commandment to eat matzah, we have to take ourselves back to the mindset in which the Jewish people were commanded to eat matzah. They were standing there at what seemed like it was going to be the final end of their shiabud, of their slavery in Egypt. 
However, they were so anxious. They were told that Hashem was going to take them out. And they had all of these commandments to follow out. They had to bring the carbon Pesach. They had to prepare themselves. They had to be ready to leave Egypt on a moment's notice. And the Abar Benel says beautifully, Hashem had given us the commandment to bake matzot that they, we were going to have to use when we ate the Karban Pesach. We had to bake this matzah. And Bnei Israel were in such a state of fear and trepidation that it literally says they were charidim umitzarim. They were shaking and almost pained over watching their dough. They were channeling their emotions of anxiety and the just incomprehensible emotions that they had looking towards this possible geula. And they were channeling all of this into their dough. And they were watching their dough so closely because they didn't want it to become chametz. They didn't want it to become leavened. And therefore, they would be sinning to God. God had told them to bake matzo. And they were channeling all their emotions into watching this dough. When they finally had crossed over, they had left Egypt in such haste. And they had arrived in Sukkot. They had been in such a rush and they had been so preoccupied with their dough. But once they were actively leaving, they weren't able to watch their dough. They were crossing the Yamsuf. They were so preoccupied that when they got to Sukkot, they turned behind themselves to check on their dough that they had previously been so um, so worried about, but they had lost track of. And they turned behind themselves. And they saw that what had baked were perfectly flat kosher matzo. Ki lo hayu chametz. They saw that they had not turned into chametz. Ve'az hikiru v'yadu shebechipazon gadzol yatzu v'shehigdil Hashem la'asot imahem nis v'hahakara hazot higiyalahem ba'avur shenitztavu kodem ha'yetzia v'shmirat hamatzo. What they turned behind them was they saw that Hashem had been there with them. Hashem had taken them out so hastily that their dough, even though they had forgotten about it, Hashem had not forgotten about it. Hashem had been there for us and he helped them to accomplish this first mitzvah that he had commanded them. That he helped them to leave so quickly that their dough had turned into matzah and had not become chametz. But what was so integral to their being able to look at this matzah and realize the depth in the message Hashem had shown them it was the fact that they had been commanded about it before they left Egypt. That it was the headspace in which they were commanded about this mitzvah of making those matzot that allowed them to realize the nace when it occurred. That they had been such in such a place of being so focused on fulfilling Ratzon Hashem, of wanting to do everything that Hashem had commanded them, that it was only because of their mindset that they were able to realize the nace that Hashem had done for them. So Rabbi Gamliel says, is what are we remembering? What are we remembering? What are we commemorating when we eat matzah? We are not only remembering what Hashem did for us, rather we are remembering the mindset of the Jewish people that went into this first batch of matzah. This 
this will and this tremendous desire to fulfill Ratzon Hashem. So based on this Abarbanel, what is the relationship between the Isser of Achilat Chamitz and the commandment of Achilat Matzah? And based on the Abarbanel, we are able to understand that we can't have this obligation to eat matzah without the Isser of Chamitz. Because the Isser of Chamitz provides us with the proper context for eating matzah. That when we remember this context of the Isser of Chamitz, the severity of this prohibition, that it is we receive karit if we do not fulfill this. It puts us back into this mindset of what the Jewish people were feeling at the time. The fear, the trepidation, the um, all with which they were approaching mitzvot, this first commandment that they received from God. So it is only once we put ourselves back into this mindset of the Isser of Achilas Chamitz that we recognize that there is a severe prohibition that we must avoid, and therefore we are osik in this. We are um, busying ourselves with clearing out our homes and making sure to be so careful about the Isser of Achilas Chamitz that therefore we are able to properly go into the mitzvah of Achilas Matzah. That eating the matzah is not just about remembering the Shiabud, about remembering our slavery. And it is not just about remembering the Geula. Rather, it is remembering this mindset of the original Jewish people who had baked those matzot, of wanting to be able to fulfill Ratzon Hashem. So Mirza Hashem, when we reread this Parsha of Parsha Bo, we are able to look at it through this mindset of what were the Jewish people feeling at that time when they were going through this story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, and how are we going to be able to take that and apply it to our lives? This feeling of trepidation in approaching mitzvot, and this tremendous hakara satov to Hashem for the nisim that he does for us because of how closely attuned we are to everything that Hashem wants for us and wanting to so greatly fulfill Ratzon Hashem. May we be able to focus on what we are able to do to fulfill Ratzon Hashem and in turn the tremendous shefa and bracha that Hashem gives us in this world in return for the mitzvot that we do. Thank you for learning together with the OU Women's Initiative.